Again. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I was off for a second there. <laughs> Welcome to This is the Part I Don't Get. I am Bay. And I am Jay. We are your hosts. And this is episode 35. 35. 35. Hell of a week out there. Oh my god, it's been <laughs> been quite a week. Yeah. So for everybody listening, Jay and I thought that we would uh, start the, the podcast off with just talking about some places where you can donate and things that you can do to help some of the causes that are going on right now. Um, I'm sure you would have to be living under a rock if you didn't know what's <laughs> going on, and especially the United States right now um, with the Black Lives Matter movement and just trying to find social change and civil rights justice issues. So do you want to start us off, Jay? Sure. Um, so some, because I know I always like to look into good places to donate. Um, you know, and kind of want to know what is my money going to, mm -hmm. um, and not just going to like back into like advertising and stuff. So, yeah. uh, there's lots of great organizations that are doing a lot of great work. Um, some ones in particular that I found are, um, black voters matter fund. And we'll post this, I guess, on our Facebook page. Yeah. I think Facebook would probably be best. Yeah, so Black Voters Matter Fund, which works on mobilizing and turning out Black voters in the South for races on every level from local to federal, which I think, you know, right now more than ever is really important. Um, Color of Change is a digital organizing group whose campaigns have um, actually helped boot Pat Buchanan from MSNBC and Bill O'Reilly from Fox News after they uh, made racist comments. Um, let's see. Showing Up for Racial Justice, which organizes white people to do anti-racist advocacy. Um, so I'll, I'll post this because there's a lot I, you know, I'm not going to, I won't okay. read through all of them. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Crossroads Fund, a foundation that funds a number of grassroots groups across Chicago. Um, let's see. And then for electing more progressive prosecutors, it, it kind of, it, it, it kind of um, breaks it down into like what type of help you're, you know, looking to donate yeah. to. There's um, Real Justice PAC, a political action committee that works on district attorney races across the country. And that, you know, in, th in cases like um, George Floyd, like really makes a difference. Um, you know, you want to have more liberal prosecutors, um, you know, to put these, to get, justice for, for mm -hmm. you know for what's going on for the murder of, of black mm -hmm. black people so i went on i went on the black lives matter website and then i've been following a lot of people on instagram that have been posting a lot of different lists and places where you could donate a lot of them are just on gofundme and they go to like the families um, of the individuals that have unfortunately passed due to police violence, like the George Floyd Memorial Fund, 
I Run With Maude and Justice for Breonna Taylor are some examples. I thought it would be interesting to also mention that there are some companies that have noted that they're donating anywhere from $1 million to like $40 million um, to organizations like the NAACP, Black Lives Matter movement, and something called the Center for Policing Equal Equity. So like, for example, Airbnb is donating, Amazon, Apple, Uber. Um, there's a makeup company, Glossier. Um, Nike is donating. There's a lot of companies out there that are donating. So I think it's kind of nice to know like where to, to gear your business towards because some yeah. businesses are not on the up and up as far as the way of change and where we should go. I also looked at change.org and they have some interesting information there too. Jay and I are two white women. Yes. And, you know, I'm just trying to navigate ways to do what I can. We have a small platform, but we do have a platform. So I felt like it was important for us to just bring this up. Yeah. I mean, we definitely need to address it and not just sit back and yeah. And not pretend like realizing exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. And if, if you'd like to share any other places that you've donated or, or any other finds, um, you know, let us know on the Facebook page or you can email us. Yeah. And then we'll go ahead and just say them in the next episode or put them on our Instagram or Facebook right away, because by all means, this is definitely not the end of the list. There's like a million, there's not a million, but there's a lot of things <laughs> out there that are doing good things that are trying to bring out change. So we want to try and promote positivity and change in the right way. I think a lot of times, especially me being a white person, like I want to make sure that I say the right thing and I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But then I think sometimes it means that we just kind of silence ourselves and don't say anything um, for fear of saying the wrong thing. But I think that right. now is a time where we kind of just have to say something. Right. Know? And do something too. Yeah. So I went ahead and I donated. I signed um, a handful of petitions as well. I donated yeah. to a handful, just a little bit, you know, obviously now with the virus as well, like a lot of people have been hit hard financially. So don't just do what you can. And even if it's just signing a petition or educating yourself, I downloaded the Libby app, which is totally free. You just have to have a um, library card. And if you don't, they give you a digital one. And I put a bunch of <laughs> books on hold for myself. There's a, there's a book out there that's become quite popular called White Fragility. Um, and then there was another book that I started to read um, about, it's, I think it's called, let me look it up because I want to get the correct title. I think it's called How to Be Anti-Racist. Okay. Let me see here. Yeah, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. So I started reading that and that one was interesting because they were saying how, just to say like, oh, I'm not racist, it kind of ends the conversation and then you just like assume that about yourself forever. But if you are trying to be an anti-racist, then you're recognizing biases within yourself and like you're constantly changing and evolving what you're doing. Right. So I think that that's like a more positive mindset to just kind of be in that way where you can note things that are happening, even if they're your own doing and thoughts. Yeah. Or like, change yeah, it. what you might've messed up and how to change it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that was pretty much 
all that I had. Did you have anything else to add? Um, no, I think that was it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I was trying to do a little bit of what we can. And I think that's, if everybody could do that, I think that we would already be uh, yeah, I mean, another, the only other thing I can think of is, you know, make sure you vote. Yes. If it's, you know, through the mail or, or however you do it, get out and vote and spread the word to vote because that's where the real change is going to come in the, you know, by electing people that are open-minded and, you know, I think electing more people of color that yeah. <laughs> to be more represent, uh, representative of the people out you. there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that, um, like I voted my, like, I think every, did everybody vote by mail because of the virus? Or? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because that was actually not very challenging at all. It was pretty easy. And I even drove to the center where you have to like, I remember that you were, <laughs> and it was, it wasn't that far. And it had, they have like this special mailbox and they have all these, it was a little bit kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, it was like an industrial um, like uh, parking lot. So I was like, is this the place? And they had like this itty bitty little baby sign turn right, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then the mailbox itself was extremely like easy to find. Like you didn't have to go in anywhere. It was outside. So you could potentially put in your ballot at any time of day, any day of the week, because we went on the weekend. So it didn't have to be open or anything like that. Cause that was a concern. I was like, well, what if they're closed? So right. mailing in my ballot was a lot easier than I thought. So <sighs> voting is. Yeah, I, I mailed mine in, but not, I just mailed it through the regular mail. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it got there. <laughs> or it did. Yeah. So, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's my turn to go first. Yeah. Well, because yeah, last time we had three people with our lovely guest. Yeah. <laughs> I went last last time. So okay. I it's only go for it. Uh, so I wanted to, um, I wanted to do a lighter topic because I do think that, um, humor heals to a degree. And sometimes we do just need like a, a, a mental break, break from things that yeah. are happening. <laughs> um, but I did kind of want to tie it into everything that's happening. So I thought to myself, like a big part of the reason why I think these things happen is because of fear. Mm -hmm. and I think that people fear change and I think that people fear others that don't, um, that, that look differently to them and yeah, ignorance too. Differently <laughs> or wear different clothing. And obviously, you know, that's what makes us an interesting country is that we do have so many people that are different. So I think that we have to break through the fear to find the other side and to find that human connection. So my topic is all about phobias. Oh, Okay. <laughs> um, you know, like you hear about phobias and they have these crazy long names and you're like, yeah, real, or did someone just make that up and post that on the internet? Like, is that just, you know, on Buzzfeed or is that like a legit, like, is this a medical diagnosis? Like, what is the deal with phobias and, and like, how do you say that you have one versus someone who's just scared of something? Mm -hmm. So I looked up uh, on this website called Healthline, healthline.com, and they said 
that a phobia is an irrational fear of something that's unlikely to cause you harm. When someone has a phobia, they experience intense fear of a certain object or specific situation. So there is a difference between regular fear and a phobia because okay. phobias are irrational. Um, than regular fears because of the amount, the significant amount of distress that they cause people and how they can actually interfere with your daily lives um, and your activities and your job and your personal relationships and things like that because people will go to great lengths to avoid their phobias. So specific phobias are a broad category of unique phobias related to specific objects and situations. There are an estimated, or they are estimated to affect 12.5% of American adults. It's a lot. Significant number of American adults that are hindered by phobias, or maybe not hindered, but definitely that have them. Affected. So, according to the DM, DSM, so DSM is short for Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Okay. So that is what would have like any condition, medical condition. Yeah, any medical condition. It's like the the kind of the bible for at least psychiatrists and psychologists. I I think I'm not sure about like uh, medical doctors because there's codes for medical doctors too, and I think they use the same types of codes. But I don't know. I don't think they use the DSM. They think they use something else. But okay. yeah. So according to the DSM, specific phobias typically fall within five general categories. Are you ready for these categories? I'm ready. Okay. Fears related to animals, i.e. spiders, dogs, or insects. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Fears related to natural environments like heights, thunderstorms, darkness, you know, fear of the dark. Mm -hmm. uh, fears related to blood injury or medical issues, um, like falling or broken bones or needles or something. Yeah. Uh, and then fears related to specific situations. This is super broad, like flying, riding in an elevator or driving your car. And then other, <laughs> other, it's like, you can be put into a box, <laughs> like choking, loud noises or drowning. Um, so those are like the five DSM categories. So whatever phobia it has, it has to follow, fall under one of those five. So um, one of my big questions was like, how do we classify them? Like, where do these names come from? So there is no official list of all of the potential phobias because there are so many um, beyond what is outlined in the DSM. There's no official list of every single one. Um, and doctors and researchers make up the names at, for them as they need, uh, like as the need arises. Oh, I was wondering how they did that. Yeah. So I kind of think of it because uh, I thought of it like, you know, when they like discover new insects and plants and stuff and it's like, you've, you've discovered this. Yeah. Oh, it's like a big butterfly. deal. You get to name it now. Like, <laughs> this is Butterfly up. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> name it after yourself and then they used to do that with like landforms too like rivers and things like that so um i always thought some of the names were kind of silly but so the doctors and researchers make up the names for it uh like and a team like a board or something do you they, know i mean yeah like i guess i don't know how it gets approved i'm assuming that it gets approved once it's published 
Yeah. Because research. Or, uh, yeah, like you said, whoever discovered it. Yeah. Once you publish, you know, you publish, it's like, quote, publish or perish. Like, if you're an academic researcher, like, you, you they want to, like, put out that information and that data. So they say that it is typically done. So I no butterfly bobs out there. <laughs> it's typically done by combining a Greek or Latin mm-hmm. prefix. Mm-hmm. Always the Latin. <laughs> that describes the phobia. Yeah, like that part in my big fat Greek wedding when he's like, everything is back to the Greek. <laughs> and like he starts naming all the, like the names that that's a Greek word. That's a Greek word. Um, uh, describes the phobia. So the Greek prefix or the Latin prefix describes the phobia. And then the suffix is usually phobia. So for example, hydro for water and then hydrophobia. For okay. Phobia. Yeah. So some of the most common are what you would most likely expect. So I found like a a list of just the generic ones with the names. So acrophobia is a fear of heights. Right. Phobia, fear of flying. Arachnophobia is a fear of spiders. And a movie. (laughs) That was a great movie when we were kids. I love. I know, that. right? It's I'm terrifying. Dad from Roseanne in it. Um, John Goodman. Yeah, that's it. How dare you? That's it. I had Dan Aykroyd in the back of my mind for some reason, but I know not that. all fat white guys look alike. <laughs> um, astrophobia is fear of stars. Lightning. Wait, what? Astrophobia, thunder and lightning. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know why I thought of stars. <laughs> Maybe asteroid. <laughs> yeah, like astrophys- astrophysics or, yeah, maybe, or like astronomy. So autophobia is the fear of being alone. Don't oh. we all have that fear? Yeah. Uh, claustrophobia, that's what I have. Fear of confined and crowded spaces. Hemophobia, fear of what? blood. Mm-hmm. Hydrophobia, fear of water. Ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes. And zoophobia is the fear of animals. So that's like the, a list, a brief list of really common ones. Okay. Um, I don't know why they had so many that started with the letter A. <laughs> um, they, had to, they decided to start at the beginning of the alphabet. <laughs> but I was really interested in like the weird ones because to me, like, I just think that it sounds more like fictional than anything else. But I guess if a real doctor and researcher had to come up with this term, then they must have met someone who had this actual phobia. So that means it was more than just a fear and it caused literal distress and discomfort to someone. And it must have been pretty out there. Um, so th- I had to find a list of those. Because um, they can get pretty out there sometimes. And the names alone are sometimes what's the most interesting part <laughs> about them. So. I'm going to attempt to pronounce some of these because they're, <laughs> they're out there. Alectorophobia. So A-L-E-K-T-O-R-O. Phobia. Fear of, guess? Being electrocuted? No. Chickens. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's alectoro- electorophobia. I don't know. Hmm. Um... <laughs> Onomatophobia. Onomatophobia. Fear of like pronunciation or something with words. That is super close. It's the fear of names. Yeah. Remember automatopoeia? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of. 
So that's what I thought of too. But who is out there being afraid of a name? Like, come on. That's a little ridiculous. Like, don't call me that. But did you, you did go on a date with that one person who didn't yeah, like Yeah, that's the true. So yeah. Called him the K word instead. I think, I don't know what that was. I think that was some sort of like, he was on the spectrum or something, you he know. He by a nickname. He had a nickname. Yeah. Yeah, he went by. <laughs> you don't have to say his name. But he what? Had, you don't have to say his name if you don't want to. I don't really him. care. It's not like he's listening. Because um, his name was uh, Kirk, like Kirk Cousins. But he, but instead, um, he went by Burke, I think. Oh, yes, that's right. Like, maybe it was the specific letter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He had, potentially, he could have had maybe onomatophobia. Um Hoganophobia, <laughs> Pagano, pa, paga, Paganophobia, or Pogonophobia is the fear of birds. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's it's like Pogonophobia. It'd be hard to live in this area if you're afraid of birds. Because I remember there was a true life where the girl had a fear of birds. <laughs> I oh don't think it's not insensitive, but it was quite interesting because birds are literally everywhere so she was just afraid all the time and she was with her friends and they didn't take her seriously so oh, no. she had a rough go of it um that, that show is the best i mean they find all walks of life on that I show that show um ne nephophobia is the fear of clouds what clouds oh, are awesome. clouds scare me i don't know <laughs> cryophobia is the fear of ice or the cold this yeah. one is my personal favorite. Venustrophobia is the fear of beautiful women. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the fear of the planet Venus. Because of like, um, oh, like the, the goddess, goddess the, the like the Venus de Milo, and like the different paintings and things like that. Somniophobia, um, any you know, Nightmare on Elm Street fans, it's the fear of sleep. Uh, suck. Heritophobia is the fear of ferns oh what <laughs> so I have how common is that one i have a ton of ferns in front of my house so <laughs> those people are not coming over anytime soon maybe they'd have to like go in through the back of my house i wonder what they think's gonna happen is the fern gonna attack them somehow the happening and it just rubbed them the wrong way and they specifically identified with the ferns that's so many plants are coming to get us. There was an actual fear of plants too, but I thought the ferns was better. There <laughs> is specific. Por porphyrophobia is the fear of the color purple specifically. There was another fear of well, straight up colors. I can't imagine fearing the color purple. It's my it's favorite. My favorite. Um, papyrophobia is the fear of paper. I'm guessing this people live only in a digital age and hate the office terribly. And libraries. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, libraries too. That's probably They're like burn them down. <laughs> Octophobia is the fear of the figure eight. Uh, genophobia is the fear of knees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how someone can possibly live. yeah i mean you're born with knees and you grow up with your knees maybe their knee is okay but like other mm -hmm. people's knees because there's like a fear of feet too so i kind of find one of these people and interview them i i just have to i need <laughs> to know more bathmophobia is the fear of stairs or steep slopes 
that would definitely hinder my lifestyle. Allodoxophobia is the fear of opinions. <laughs> what? I can't so like allodoxophobia because I am way too opinionated. <laughs> um, lacanophobic means that you have a fear of vegetables, and I will say. I do. I will say that I know somebody who is afraid of fresh fruit and like, she really is afraid of fresh fruit. Like it, like she can't touch it or go near it. And I like, because of the texture, I think that could potentially be part of it. But then I asked her, I was like, but what if something's like flavored, like a strawberry flavor drink or something? And that's fine. But like the actual fruit itself, she can't. Well, some people are allergic to, to fruit because usually pollen that's on the yeah. skin of the vegetable or fruit but that was so that was the closest version to this that i got to and then omphalophobia is a fear of belly buttons now that i can see because they're really <laughs> and they have they're nasty you know there's probably a lot of gross stuff in them my last one that I have for you, I am going to have to really hone in my first and second grade education here and sound it out. They think this for last because I think it's probably my first one or my favorite one, not first one. Um, okay, you ready? Yeah. Hippopotamonstrosesquipedaliophobia. Oh my God. Hippopotamostrosesquipedalopalia phobia. <laughs> it just like kept going. I was like, okay. And then you just kept going. That is the fear. Hippos. Phobia of long words. Oh my God. Are they trying to be ironic? I know, right? It's often considered a joke or a fictional phobia, but however, that is not the case. And oh. long words is a phobia and is actually very real and does exist, according to a website that I found. So it's, it's how many letters is it? It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, right before the phobia. And then, oh my God, three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six. So it's thirty-six letters in total. That's a pretty long word. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the alphabet is what twenty-six letters, and it literally sounds like hippopotamus in the beginning. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> clearly you have the word hippopotamus in there. Quipedaliophobia. It's like, it's like that thing in Mary Poppins. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocia. <laughs> Then, yeah, that was probably a tough one for them to watch. So, um, oh, I know. That's true. They probably hated that movie as a child. Or that's what they used to get through it. Maybe. Maybe. That's that's the kind of uh, behavioral therapy that they needed was to watch yeah. that movie. And then they'll like, be you will sing this song until you can't sing it anymore. <laughs> All right. So that was that was my topic. A nice, quick, short one. Um, I do think that it's good to try and attempt to get over your phobias if you can. I have, um, I, I believe it's, I, I honestly don't know how to pronounce it. It's gyrophobia or gyrophobia, which is the fear of bridges. And I am claustrophobic. Uh, I think you're forgetting one, Missy. The clowns. Yes. Yes. Uh, the clowns one is less 
Like I could see a clown on a TV show. A lot of that depends on what it is. Oh like, yeah, because you did see it and you liked it. <laughs> but I think that's because I saw it when I was little and it freaked me out and I just had to see I, I like to watch scary movies. I like to a good little bit of a scare in that capacity in that sense is fine, I think. Um, it's you know, better than a like a real life scare, you know, when you yeah. know it's fictional. Um, but uh yeah. That one's the lesser of the of the three, but the bridges and the I would say claustrophobia is by far the worst. Like I just I like I can't control it. Like I'll start to just cry. And the bridges have gotten better over time. Yeah. Yeah, you've worked hard on that. Yeah. Um mine is definitely fear of heights, although that has gotten better. You know, I, I used to not be able to do any roller coasters, but now as long as they're not too high up. Oh for really? Me, like yeah, for me, it's like going up. That I mean, me I out. think the heights has a lot to do with why I don't like the bridges. So I think that a lot of them kind of coincide. Yeah. No, I can definitely see the bridge thing because, especially driving over it, and I'm not if I'm not in the middle lane, I'm like, oh my god, someone could just hit me, and I'm just right over this thing. Exactly. That's but why like, there's like, people that will drive you over the bay bridge and then there is like another one i think i want to say it's near chicago um it's definitely like if, if it's not there it's in the midwest that's another like really scary bridge in the united states and they have people that you can hire <laughs> drive your car over that would make I me even more scared but i think that having somebody else drive my car and me being in the passenger seat and they're a stranger would make it so much worse. Yeah, that sounds kind of unsafe, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, because like they've never driven my car before. And yeah, they do this for a living, but you never know. Yeah. And you don't know anything about this person. Yeah, maybe they might just like keep going and like kidnap you. I don't know. Yeah. You're literally yeah, opening like yourself up for danger that like here you go, here are my keys. <laughs> let's take a seat let's sit together yeah oh here have a snack i, I brought some <laughs> you're opening yourself up for a lot of potential issues there but. yeah and and like for me i remember like especially I, it still happens but like when i was little and going on um any like stairs like that have um like spaces in them yes. that are yes like, the gap. Like for, um when we would go on water slides and stuff oh my god as i would get closer i'd like it's like this weird feeling like i'm gonna fall like this whole thing it felt like i was gonna the thing was gonna tip over if i like moved too much like i would just like totally freeze up it was such a weird sensation that yeah you know, i just felt so in like insecure you feel helpless yes yeah, just like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall through this thing. This is so dangerous, but it's like, then you see other people just like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, how do they and do it's that? it's not really that high up. What's that? And it's not even really all that high up if you're like in a stairs with like, in like someone's house. I don't think- Oh yeah, well those, those never bothered me, but okay. I mean like- Oh, those bothered me. No, because- You're talking about like that time in middle school when we tried to go up the water slide. Stay. Yeah, exactly. Those freaked you out. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I can't even go to <laughs> covered water slide anymore. And it's interesting how they change and form throughout time. Because back in the day, I would have been like, "Yeah, let's go down that water slide. Let's do it." But now I'm now I think to myself like it's covered, and that's a small space, and I can't be a part of that. 
I cannot be a part of it. If it's open, sure, let's slide all day. Yeah. But I can't be a part of that. But I'm sure a lot of that just has to do with like your life. And like, you know, I'm sure it's so deep seated in our minds that we just don't even know where it comes from. You know? Yeah, like, it might be a control a thing. Or a movie or a book or I don't maybe know. it's like something that happened in the womb <laughs> <laughs> who knows it could start there but I think it's definitely really telling about someone you know like yeah. if they have a fear of opinions or fear of belly buttons <laughs> I think that tells you something about that person belly buttons yeah, yeah. Well, the opinions one is the best because that's I mean you can't avoid that <laughs> Don't talk to me. I don't need your opinion. I can only date somebody who gives me straight up facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good a robot. Maybe they're just super factual and like logical. Yeah. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa you're veering off. <laughs> and she's like that on that. They need evidence for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your topic? So, um, you know, there, I'm sure you're familiar with all the different crazy sports we have in this world and mm -hmm. many violent sports um, that are out there nowadays. Um, my topic this week is somewhat new, I guess, sport, if you will. It's uh, slapping contests. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got this idea from um, uh, John Oliver. He kind of mentioned it briefly on one That's of his- a good sort. Yeah, I know he's got some good ones on there. Yeah, he 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 brings up a lot of interesting ideas. I know, uh, I love his uh, his rants, but <laughs> wish I had his energy. Um, so the the main one that's that I've found information about, and the one that was most popular, is one that takes place in a si Siberian town of Krynoyarsk. <laughs> Krasnoyarsk. <laughs> there we go. That sounds right. <laughs> um, so it's part of a uh, Siberian power show that they have each year, um, which is basically like a bodybuilding championship. Um, but the power show also includes dance-offs, um, dumpling eating contests, uh, arm wrestling, um, weightlifting, um, all sorts of things. So, uh, the slapping was added, I believe it started in 2019. Um, so pretty, uh, recently, I think they have had other slapping competitions in different parts of Russia. I couldn't really find anything. Uh, I'm sorry. They also have done it in America at like a, something similar, but it was like a, I think it was like a tattoo convention or something random. I kind of can see that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I, or I feel like maybe, you know, it's something you would see at like a state fair or something. <laughs> or in someone's garage. <laughs> um, so basically it's kind of what it sounds like. Contestants face each other at a table um, they can use the table to hold on to as they brace themselves for the slap. Um, oh gosh, I am looking it up on my phone and I am seeing exactly. Oh my God. I, I started to get like physically they sick. They are holding on to yeah. the table. 
Yeah, and I'll post the video. Um, I'm telling you, some of these pictures of the after. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, so um, like their whole side of their face is swollen. Yes. I, They're not like just a little sissy slap. No, and some of them were bleeding. Like some of them would cut the inside of their cheek. Um, and so what happens is you basically, you're, it's, you know, what you're against another person and you slap each other, you take turns until you either tap out or you're knocked out. Yeah. Um, so basically in 2019, um, it went viral and I'm sure this is probably one of the videos you're, uh, seeing, um, is when the winner, um, here's another tough one, Vasily Kamatiski, um, who calls himself dumpling became a viral sensation after a video surfaced of him of dumpling knocking his opponent out and um so this man is like 350 some pounds um he's a farmer he i think he's done weightlifting competitions in the past but he's just very i mean the the sense i got from him like they i watched an interview when he was very humble it just showed him on the tractor um, you know, uh, he lives with his mom. Um, he was, you know, feeding the pigs, <laughs> he had this dog, little dog, and it showed him lifting this big ass tire. And he's like, yeah, it's been a year since I've li lifted anything. So this, I mean, if you look at his arms and his hand, they're just huge. Um, but he yeah, doesn't, these are big guys. Yeah. And then one of the, um, videos showed him up against this guy with like supposedly a foot tall muscle or something. His arms were huge. Um, but every time um, um, Dumpling was slapped, like he didn't, it looked like it hardly phased him. Like he- Really? You know, what's that? Really? Yeah, like um, he would just, he just kinda, he would just kinda like shrug it off and like he didn't, I don't even think his expression changed. Like he was just kinda like, like he has this big beard Maybe the beard helped. That's, I always wondered that. <laughs> yeah, I would think that they would all have to have like a clean shaved face. Right. Yeah, um, yeah it really, they're not, there aren't many rules. Uh, there's a judge that you'll probably notice that kind of, or ref, whatever, stands in the middle. And there are fouls, which um, include if you evade the slap by moving, that's a foul. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you have to take the slap full on. Loud to flinch. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can flinch, but you have to take the slap, you know? Um, you have to take the slap. Actually, and there were some, like, slow motion ones, so they get the person's, like, um, expression before the, the hand hits them, and, like, they just look absolutely terrified. <laughs> um, and then you can't hit, I believe you can't hit certain parts of the ear. Um, I think that constitutes a foul and you have to hit just okay. obviously with an open hand okay um you can't hit with like your wrist or anything like that so i i'm assuming the judge watches for this so um dumpling won 470 dollars uh last year um, this year he did not win it was somebody else um and when i was kind of looking up uh more about dumpling i um found out that he actually uh Dumpling did lose in, I believe it was this past September or December, and he actually got knocked out really bad. And he got, he was supposedly in like a mini coma. Oh. Yeah. Um, there, 
What's that? That's just a short one. I know. I'm like, I don't want to be confused. What does that mean? Like a day? (laughs) (laughs) And and then they interviewed him. He's like, yeah, I really wanted to keep going, but they told me I had to go to the hospital or something. I'm like, you were knocked out. I don't know what what you're talking about. I know. That sounds like my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. Last summer, and he literally passed out on the back steps my mom called the ambulance my mom was like well your mother was overreacting yeah i remember that <laughs> i was like excuse me <laughs> i was just taking an involuntary nap <laughs> no don't mind me <laughs> yeah so um yeah like i said i mean it went viral after dumplings a video of dumplings <laughs> knockout I that name i know and it's book dumpling dumplin and it's about like a girl who loves dolly parton oh i just <laughs> draw that computer. is that the netflix show or movie it was a movie on netflix but it was also a book oh, okay i always see commercials for that um yeah he it, somebody like a journalist or something gave him that name because um, he said that's one of his favorite foods that he likes to eat, and I'm wondering if maybe he just went to the um, the power show to see the the dumpling eating contest, or maybe to attend it himself. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I was interested in um, you know what, like, why is it that this is so popular? Why do we like watching this stuff? Like. You know, as much as I was kind of disgusted by it, I also felt yeah. myself like I couldn't look away. Um, so studies show that um, dopamine, which is a, a pleasure neurotransmitter, um, is actually released during periods of aggression in mice. And um, this is from a live science article. Um, and mice is, mice is. <laughs> Um, the brains of mice are very apparently similar to humans, and that's why they use mice for for studies like that. Um, some other like possibilities, some theories, are that it's evolutionary. Um, you know, we defend our territory, you know, to keep ourselves out of danger. Um, and then another article brought up an interesting point about it's like controlled danger like when you watch a scary movie movie or something you're still in control of the threat and it might have been a threat that you experienced in real life and you're like kind of taking it back um i don't know i've never been slapped in the face but (laughs) luckily really never (laughs) well i know you have been a i know you have been a slapper (laughs) (laughs) yes but like even when you were like a kid and you and your brothers were like oh yeah that's true that's true yes my brother and i yeah there was a lot of slapping i mean you had to catch one yeah i'm sure sure. yeah that's that's a very good point i i did not think about that we yes um there was a lot of slapping you can ask my parents in the back of (laughs) in the back of the car on our way on long trips they would just start hearing like make me turn this car around Oh, the joys of having siblings. <laughs> um, and then there is also a theory that we have curiosity about our own mortality. I, I don't think that really applies to the slapping necessarily, but just in general, you know, movies where there's like a lot of like dying and dismemberment, things like that. And, or like when you see a, um, like a car wreck and you like are looking for bodies basically. Yeah. <laughs> 
so um it's just because we're curious like what it's like because we don't know about it and um and also it's uh, and i i definitely can attest to this it's cathartic and they mentioned like hockey fights <laughs> and how just like seeing people beat each other up is like you're living vicariously because you're it's like well you know it's you can't do that in real life but it's kind of fun to watch somebody else do it and i guess imagine that you're doing it like this is my this is for uh this is my coworker <laughs> for taking my stapler no i don't know um yeah so that was pretty much my topic <laughs> i thought yours was short huh but you know, I'm disappointed. There's no. Um, it was only men in this slapping competition. So much um, recruiting. That's what I'm looking up right now. It looks like the female version is where they smack each other's butts. Oh, I thought I saw something about that. But I, yeah, yeah. At that power show, they had like it looked like some sort of stripping competition. No, oh. it's like lovely because it showed them on poles and stuff, and it says. Yeah, and, it, and it's referring to it being in Russia, so I can only Yeah, I, I think it's the same place. That it, it, it says ass-slapping contests are taking Russia by storm. <laughs> oh, well, see, I, I feel like an ass-slap is probably safer than a face-slap. I mean, that's gotta hurt after a while, but the, they are wearing clothing, so that's gotta, like, be part of the, you know... I feel like that's just, like... I feel like that's just to like make all the men like turned on. <laughs> oh, this is a power game? Power power show? Oh, power show. Okay. So instead of like flexing their muscles, <laughs> they're smacking each other. <laughs> like body, bodybuilders when I hear the word power show. Well, it is, it is. It's 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 got all all of that. It's got uh -huh. um like I said, it's got the weightlifting, arm, arm wrestling. Well, and it also looks like here that YouTuber Logan Paul took part in one of these as well. He, yeah, who is he? Because I saw that. He's a YouTuber. That's all, that's all I know. Oh. He has a channel. And I think he's been a little controversial, though, in the past. Um, oh, really? said some things that he really should not have said. If he's who I think he is, um, he's, he's said some offensive things, or he's done some things on his channel that were questionable. But it looks here that he's smacking a very large gentleman. Oh, I saw that, and he knocks him out. Relatively, I would say he's pretty fit. And he's young. He's, like, got to be early 20s, mid-20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I saw that video. I didn't realize who he was. But he's he's an American, Logan Paul. So maybe he saw, maybe he saw that and was just super excited by it. Yeah, he's an American YouTuber, internet personality, and actor. Yeah, I was just reading on him on Wikipedia. Oh, and he has a podcast as well called Impulsive. That's quite yeah. an interesting podcast. One point eight million followers. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's kind of like a humor pod, um, well, his, his channel's become the most subscribed YouTube channel. Wow. 20 million. Oh, because I've heard of Jake Paul. Is that the same? 
God, I am so old. It is not. Wow, he got on. Um, got oh, so on. Jake Paul is also a YouTuber, actor, and musician. They have to be. Re- yeah, they're they're related. Okay. Oh, okay. He was on Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. So wow. That- so mm-hmm. Logan is out there smacking people too. Oh, okay. So he was the one. He he um he filmed the corpse of a man who had um hanged himself. In yes, Japan. that was his thing. That was yeah. I do remember that. So you remember that horror movie about the suicide woods in Japan? Yeah. Well, like that's a real thing, and they were saying like this is a, based on the true story. So there is a uh, a dense forest in Japan that, um, very unfortunately, many people have committed suicide in, and I believe it's at the base of a mountain. I'm not sure, um, but a lot of people have unfortunately just have gone in there into the woods and committed suicide and they have recovered many, many bodies over the course of, I want to say 50 some odd years. And they even have signs as you're entering into the park saying like, you know, like their version of like our helpline essentially, you know, like, you know, you know, you can do the, you know, these are your resources instead. Please don't do that. So I'm sure there are many places in the forest that you can just go, but unfortunately, like if you are, they have to search the forest. It's my understanding somewhat, somewhat frequently and they will find bodies usually hanging. And there's like videos of them and photos online. You can look it up. And, um, he decided to, I, I think it was around the time that they made a horror movie based off of that concept and idea of this real place and um he went there with some people and decided to videotape it on his youtube channel and um a lot of people were not happy about it because they found it yeah, to be very distasteful i believe he apologized um but you just have to assume like if you're going to go halfway across the country for this i'm yeah, sure like you're clearly you go towards a lot of other things yeah like maybe helping some people who <laughs> are you know struggling out there instead of i mean i can understand you know the curiosity factor and wondering yeah but like, don't film somebody's dead body that's somebody's like, yeah dad. that's someone's family member exactly yeah. and like you imagine what they had to have been going through in order to to get to that point but um i can understand like you said like sometimes there there's a dark side of people out there that you know look but can't help but look and yeah um and however unfortunate so i can understand someone wanting to go see that and i'm sure they do get people who just go in there just to see but to then publish it on the internet is yeah for just to get stories yeah um yeah and he's like got a little bit of a california-ness to him oh yeah definitely young he looks like an asshole. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But just, I have he's honestly, 25 and he's got 20 million subscribers. I, no, he's probably I, a millionaire. No. I don't like him. <laughs> we work our asses off every day for, <laughs> for shit pay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so i mean imagine if you if you i almost said the youtube imagine if youtube was around when when we were young if we had if oh my god i can't imagine the embarrassing crap i would pose when it first started i the idea of someone being famous off of youtube was not a it's not a real yeah it wasn't reality right and i remember when we were probably like getting ready to graduate high school was when a couple of people started becoming famous off of it like jeffree star and um oh god you mean college you think in college was when was i feel like youtube because facebook came out first and then youtube came out later and i didn't well i hadn't heard of facebook until freshman year of college huh well, well i mean yeah i remember when the first few people started getting famous but they all seemed to be like um musicians yeah like singer that's how justin bieber got famous right and then yeah and then um the person that he got famous that did the call me maybe oh carly ray jepson ray she was off of youtube too i think so the idea of having your own channel and putting out your own content (laughs) (laughs) your own brand and then they it's almost like they're constantly saying like their brand is positivity or whatever um influencers they went into that a little bit talking about um the fire festival because they used a lot of influences influencers to market the fire festival and how look how that obviously ended up um yeah we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent here but yeah, this is it. <laughs> i was just thinking that i was like wait <laughs> this has nothing to do with the topic would you like to tell people where they can like us and uh email oh us? yes thank you for reminding me so <laughs> instagram is this is the part i don't get our facebook is this is the part i don't get and our gmail is the part i don't get at gmail.com and if you find any good resources um geared towards the black lives matter movement and organization and you just want to share them with us and then we will also help promote them too that would be great um and if you know of any other petitions and places to donate then go for it and just share that with us. Yeah, feel free to let us know and we'll spread the word. Absolutely. Um, And if you have any things that you don't get, go ahead and email us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll help you get them. (laughs) Peace out, everybody. Stay safe.